Hey, Sam. Hey, Bev. What you drinking over there? I am drinking a beer that I was very excited to pick up in Arizona. It's called Big Blue Van, and it's by Lake Havasu Brewing Company. And wait until you see this can, because when you see this can, you're going to be like, yep, that's Bev. It's the uh, (laughs) front of a blue VW bus. And it has like these like really cool like 1970s uh, like swirls all around it. It's very hippie. And uh, Lake Havasu Brewing Company is really close to where a bunch of my crew does their sampling. At. Oh. Yeah. So or they used to. We don't really have that project anymore. But um, that was how I found the brewery. And it's one of my favorites. And since I was just in Arizona for work stuff, uh, I thought it was very appropriate since I'm home now. So, yeah. Yeah. But when you said big blue van, for some reason, my brain said big white van with no windows. (laughs) So I got a very different picture until you told me it was like all hippie and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a blueberry wheat. So um, that sounds so nice. Yeah, it is. It's very, very nice. So uh, what are you drinking over there? So I was walking down the wine aisle at Walmart yesterday. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy a box of wine. Because now that I'm doing Weight Watchers again, I really can't finish a whole bottle very fast. So why not buy a box? Because it actually does a really good job of keeping light and air away from wine so it lasts a lot longer. Um, so I am trying Boda Box, um, and the wine is Nighthawk Black, and it's a red wine blend, um, and it's freaking delicious. The box says it's big, dark, and jammy, and I would have to agree. I definitely got like a, a blackberry kind of vibe going to it, Some maybe a little bit of chocolate, um, and it's very. It, the box is really cool. Um, it makes me want to take a nap because it looks like you're camping under the stars, but (laughs) that might also be because it's Monday and I'm just tired, but it's pretty delicious and I'm happy, um, to have it. So I do now though, I, I can no longer bring the bottle in with me or the box in with me though, because I am now measuring my alcohol with a measuring cup. And I Mm. almost debated just bringing the measuring cup in here and sticking a straw in it so I didn't have to dirty another glass. So, (laughs) I mean, maybe that would have been a really good selfie, but... (laughs) It would have been a great selfie. But I'm just drinking out of a wine glass today. I'm not quite there yet. (laughs) Maybe next week. Maybe next week. Um, I I have to give myself a corrections corner already. Mm. Uh, I thought I knew so much about this beer that I didn't need to read the brewery (laughs) off of the can. (laughs) Uh-oh. But the brewery is actually College Street Brewery oh. Brew House, and it's in Lake Havasu. Yeah, uh, it's not Lake Havasu Brewing. It's College Street Brew House in Lake Havasu. So there we go. I'll just blame it on your jet lag. There we go. My jet lag for my two hours of travel. Hey. <laughs> my two-hour time difference. <laughs> hey, you know what? That is a lot, especially when you try to eat your way through a city. And you probably were way more social than you have been in a very long time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I lost my voice on Friday night. 
Oh, I woke no. up Saturday morning and couldn't talk. I was like, clearly, clearly <laughs> I'm talking much more than I'm used to. <laughs> it is time to go home <laughs> and go on vocal rest. <laughs> I'm ready for my farm. I'm ready for my bed. Oh. I'm ready to be somewhere quieter. And my conference got canceled. So like, my what? Whole, yeah, my whole travel, it wasn't worthless because I still got to like see work people and friends and stuff. But yeah, my conference got canceled. Oh my God. Because I work for a, a government agency. So yeah, they're closed oh. still. Or they are as of when we're recording this. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that, that it could affect like a conference. Yeah, right. Well, because I guess that makes sense. <laughs> there wasn't going to be anybody there except us and like a couple of other <laughs> places. And we were like, yeah, let's not do this. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the government shutdown because it's not funny. And my sister-in-law isn't working right now because of it. So oh, I, I yeah, understand right. like the pain of it. To an extent, it's not funny. I'm just laughing that you went all the way out there for a conference and then it just didn't happen. Well, um, we kept thinking that they were going to work this shit out by the time I got there. So we were yeah. like, well, we're like, yeah, let's go ahead. Yeah, yeah, come on out. We'll we'll figure it out when you get here. I got there. I got to work. And they're like, yeah, it's canceled. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's kind of what I was figuring at this point. <laughs> it wasn't sorted out by the time I got on the plane. I didn't think it was going to be sorted out when I got off. <laughs> I mean, that would have been really funny. And then we could have just said Bev ended the government shutdown with her travel. From the sky. From the sky. I'm that good. Yes. Yes, we are. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. Oh, hey, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> and I'm Sam. Yeah, I'm Bev. And this is the Farm Comedy Podcast where we drink and talk about farming things. And we also talk about all the mistakes that we make um, and share them openly with you. Yeah, and we like to think that we have discussions that provide new knowledge and entertainment. And we go off on a shit ton of tangents. Clearly. Like just as much shit that's in your chicken coop. Ooh. Guaranteed. Ooh. Okay, we'll try not to go on that many tangents. Okay. Um, <laughs> but if you really, 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 really like our bullshit-filled tangents, you can find them on the Patreon, though we did not record one this week since I'm jet-lagged. <laughs> and we had technical difficulties with our laptops and microphones and all that fun rela- reality-related stuff to podcasting. But like Bev said, you can go over to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm And listen to our BS sessions from prior weeks for free. We do have exclusive content up there, like outtakes and other fun little tidbits that you can check out. If you become a Patreon supporter of $2 or above, you get all that fun access to listen to us do ridiculous... Ridiculous? Ridiculous. (laughs) Ridiculous things. So go check that out. (laughs) Yeah, and if you become a Patreon member, you get like your own exclusive RSS link that you can put into your podcast player so you can listen to the BS sessions in the car on the go on your podcast player rather than through the Patreon app. So there's that. It's a perk. Yeah. Perks, perks, perks. We like perks. Um, Speaking of perks, uh, drinks this week are sponsored by Kristen Sayani, right? I feel like every time I say her last name, I, I doubt myself. But I know her Instagram handle is at homemade underscore confetti. And you guys should go check it out because she takes these beautiful pictures that are so colorful and 
fun. So go over there and check her out. And thank you so much, lady, for the drinks. Cheers. Cheers. So now we're to our real corrections corner. Oh, dun dun dun. We actually have corrections this week. Well, so I stuck it under corrections corner. I don't know if it's really a correction, but like last week when we were talking about goat breeding, we kind of made it sound like you would never breed closely related goats together. But then like as I was listening to it, I thought to myself, I feel like I've heard something different than that and I can't remember where and I did like, I don't know, a scotch more research and was like, well, shit. <laughs> you can breed really closely related goats together. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Yeah, um, because I think like we had mentioned, inline breeding um, will help you get those desirable traits that you're looking for faster. If you're breeding two goats that have those traits, well, those can be really accentuated if you use two goats that are closely related. Like, as opposed to every time you introduce a a new goat's genetics into your herd, it's kind of like shuffling the deck, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, the closer the relationship, the better odds you get those traits to come through. Um, But... You know, also, like we said, the the more likely it is that you'll get those really terrible traits to come through as well, if there are some undesirable traits within both of your breeding pair. Um, and what ends up happening and what probably happened in some of the articles that we used to do our goat breeding research is that human morals get tied into goat breeding, which is why a lot of people are like, yeah, don't don't inbreed your goats. Just like they're like, yeah, don't inbreed your chickens, don't inbreed your rabbits. Well, like, goats aren't people, animals aren't people. They get it on with their relatives. Get over it. (laughs) (laughs) It's, yeah, it's just kind of like anything else where we apply, oh, if you're cold, they're cold kind of thing to farm animals. It's like, no, it is a little different. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes we got to get over our damn selves and realize that... It's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. But like, we're not experts in goat genetics. So we did get (laughs) hooked up with a goat genetics expert and somebody that's like, she's really knowledgeable in the goat breeding world and the goat breeding realm. So we'll be doing a mini-sode about properly goat breeding and, you know, how to find those good traits and recognize them and all that fun stuff. Yeah, that'll be really good. Um actually posted on what was it the instagram and somebody commented and said they have goats for like certain genetic purposes and blah 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 um and that they would you know they do stud service type stuff too and i was just like i really know like nothing about any of this and what did i just get myself into by letting little toot spread his seed so it'll be interesting to see um what comes out of that interview (laughs) well you know like we like to say we're making our decisions based on the information that we have like at the moment right and that's kind of part of the fun is that we're getting to learn as we go along like oh yeah something that I had mentioned um or that I had put in here in the notes uh like you know we had talked about breeding a buckling to their dam 
Um, you wouldn't want to do that with a buckling that came out of your goat that had the teat deformity. Oh, does yeah, that yeah, make yeah. sense? Yes, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yes, yes. I, I had stuck that in the note specifically so we could chat about it briefly because I wanted to make sure that 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 was like one of the things that they talked about was a reason why you wouldn't breed back or inline breed or you know, okay. whatever you want to call it. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, basically, I picked out my goats because they were goaty in like a goat way <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> Because they were adorable and they had eyebrows that would start conversations. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, it'll be fun. Um, I have a feeling if I decide to get into this goat breeding thing, I'll probably have to go pick out another good pair of goats, you know, that have like the Uh genetic traits, Uh that kind of thing. Do some more homework. But I don't know. My goats are adorable. Yeah. And I mean, if you're just looking for like pet quality and you have a good breeder that can steer you in the semi right direction, you're probably fine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and homestead quality is even really forgiving when it comes to goats. You basically want good milk. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good milk and adorable faces. It doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. We're now in the meat and potatoes section of our podcast. Yeah. Maybe that's what we should call it. Meat and potatoes, but that might upset non-meat eaters. Let's call it the cookies and milk section. It's still milk, though, Bev. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, this is a podcast about farming things. Yeah. yeah. So non-animal, yeah, that's not going to Product consumers. (laughs) Sorry, <laughs> but we're about to talk about Bev and her husband building a milk stand. Yeah, we finally built a milk stand. Yay! Yay! I'm so excited for you because I showed my husband pictures and oh, then good. I was like, we need one of these too. So chop, chop. <laughs> <laughs> well, and a milk stand is something everybody says that you have to have before you get your goats. Obviously, that's not true because neither of us had one. So, right. Just but so you I'm, know. <laughs> I am learning that I really need one because I trimmed hooves with my husband like last week. And what we used to do was I just hold them on my lap. Now they've gotten too big and too fat and too crazy to do that. So I had like long bruises on my legs all over my legs from holding all five of them for prolonged periods of time. But it was a great arm workout um, holding them while they struggled to get free. Yeah. And then, you know, they're trying to eat your hair and your glasses once they do calm mm-hmm. down. Um, so that is one of the reasons why we will be building ours soon as well. Yeah. I mean, they're crazy handy for like routine vaccinations and grooming and uh, anytime you need to give some medical care and milking them because it's a milk stand so it's useful for that too and the milk stand that I built will also work for kids so that you can give them their vaccinations without them jumping away from you or kicking you in the face and you can also use it for disbudding if you're going to be disbudding kids um, because the head gate tightens up extra tight and my husband said he's just going to build a box for the goat kids to stand on So that it brings their height up. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was like, goat kids are way tinier than the adult ones. He's like, no, no, no. I got this. We'll figure this out. (laughs) So cute. 
So how did you find the plans to make your milk standard? Did you guys just kind of like wing it? So I got the plans from Fiasco Farm. And Fiasco Farm is a goat farm that we have referenced here before on the podcast. I remember it because I was pronouncing it Fiasco Farms, like for forever. Oh, whoops. (laughs) And then I was looking at it one day and I was like, oh, Fiasco. Yeah, that makes sense. I speak English. I know words. (laughs) So this is Fiasco Farms free uh, milk stand plans. And uh, there will be a link to them in the show notes. Um, But even though the plans are free and she has this written on them. So in case you forget when you print them, you'll see it again. She asks that you make a donation to her farm. Um, so we made a donation of $5 because that's what I would normally pay for like, uh, good woodworking plans from somebody. And her plans were really well written, had diagrams in them, had a cut list, had a list of all the materials you would need and a list of all the tools you would need. Uh, So I, I felt like they were, they were really good plans. So I felt like they were worth the five bucks. So if you use these plans to build a milk stand, I would ask that you please donate what you feel comfortable donating to her farm so there's my disclosure on that (laughs) fair enough (laughs) um but she's not paying us to say this (laughs) no 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 so yeah um i had a really good time uh building this milk stand with my husband um for a couple of reasons like besides the fact that my life is about to get so much easier so much easier (laughs) so much easier um i learned how to use a bunch of woodworking tools which was something I didn't think I was going to really get to do because my husband really likes the woodworking. But he's been a little slow on the building of the farm things lately because he's been so busy at work. Mm-hmm. So I thought, why don't I go ahead and learn how to use some of these? And he was feeling patient that day. And he taught me, which was really exciting. Aw, that's so cute. Yeah. So it's a special moment, but that sets you up for so much success now that you feel empowered and probably a lot more comfortable using those tools. Yeah, for sure. And like I so when we lived in our house in the suburbs, I never thought of myself as somebody who wasn't very capable because I've always been a pretty capable person. But mm-hmm. moving out here, I realized like how many things I just did not know how to do. And I still don't know how to do (laughs) like being in the country has really opened up my eyes to my knowledge gaps. So, but I think that's awesome and humbling and very um, self-aware that you can acknowledge that and not necessarily, and maybe I'm just assuming not seeing it as a flaw, but kind of tackling it as an opportunity to learn new things over time. And, you know, without feeling like you have to boil the ocean and do it all right now. Yeah, for sure. And like in if doing woodworking isn't something that somebody's interested in, I don't I don't like say that I'm an idiot because I didn't know how to use any woodworking equipment because you're certainly not like woodworking equipment is no joke. Um, I'm not going to lie. I think one of the reasons why I never learned how to use these tools is because when I see a tool like that, all I can see are all the things that go wrong with it. So like yeah. my anxiety is like going through the roof. Every time we're running a board like through the table saw, I'm seeing myself throwing my arm through it. 
even though I know I'm not going to do that because I know how to use it safely. But still, <laughs> I can't help it. Right, right. Because it's just worst case scenario. <laughs> worst case scenario all the time. Sometimes I'm not sure why I don't just hyperventilate all the time. <laughs> I mean, I'm the same exact way, and I grew up around power tools and stuff like that, and I worked in a scene shop in college where we used all that stuff, so it's like, I know how to use it, and I'm still very, like, anxious around some of it, but I feel like it's better to err on the side of anxiousness and overcaution than to get so comfortable and be casual around, like, a table saw, which could just, you know, cut your arm in half. Pretty damn easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. you know, some people do look like they're just so comfortable on those things. And I was like, this came really close to that. Unless I bite my nails. <laughs> <laughs> but you did it. Yay! I did it. Yay! Um, the tools that these plans used uh, included the chop saw, the table saw, the jigsaw, a band saw. And I also used um like a sanding i don't know what it's called a sander it's an electric sander yeah we'll leave it at that i'll use that as well um because you have to sand the shit out of the head gate part that swings otherwise it gets caught in between the 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 pieces of wood and when you see the plans you'll kind of get an idea of what i'm talking about um but you could make these plans using a hand saw um some sandpaper and a jigsaw would probably be helpful because you have to cut like a uh, like a swooping part to to make the head gate. It can't be sharp angles. It needs to be like smooth, rounded angles. Um, okay. So as long as you've got those things, uh, you can probably do it. And a drill. You'll want a drill. Um, she uses a lot of tacking nails, but we didn't use any tacking nails. We, uh, we used deck screws in the whole thing because we wanted it to be super, super sturdy. Okay. And we adapted the plans to kind of meet our needs and um, we used a lot of reclaimed wood that we had here already. Um, the like, for example, the floor, which is part A of the plans, um, we used reclaimed uh, oak from a hog barn. Oh, nice! What's so cool about having it be a solid wood like oak and something that's kind of rough hewn like that is that their hooves won't be slipping on it. So they'll feel like they have sturdy feet while they're in it, which will help make them feel more comfortable because, you know, like pine can feel really smooth when Mm -hmm. it's all put together all nicely. Okay. So, yeah. So I'll talk about the couple of changes that we made to it. So if you have the plans in front of you, now is a good time to pull them out so you can make little notes on them. But if you're driving in the car or listening to this while you're working or whatever, you can just come back to this part of the episode and re-listen to these if you want to jot down notes. But we really didn't change that much, so it's not a big deal. So we changed that part on part A. um, And then we also changed part D. Uh, She had called for... 14 inch long two by fours and we changed it to 27 inch long four by fours. And we did that um, because I didn't want to have to bend down to do work on the goats. I wanted to be sitting and reaching up because I have back problems. Mm -hmm. So the 27 inch long legs is tall enough that I can sit comfortably with my knees tucked under the milking stand. So I can get really close to their udder and reach forward and milk. Um, And I can also 
I just, you know, reach over for feet to trim hooves. I can stand up next to them to do all of the grooming and do anything with their ears or their faces. And I can also give vaccinations standing without reaching or bending or anything. It'd be super, super handy. Okay. And with making the legs so long, I didn't think two by fours were going to be strong enough. Jared assured me that they were going to be. But like I was looking at the two by fours and was like, no, this needs to be like strong enough for a cow to stand on, (laughs) even though goats only weigh like 80 pounds. (laughs) So we have four by four posts for our legs, (laughs) which are super beefy. Yes, they are. So those were the changes uh, that we made. Yeah, no tacking nails, all deck screws those two wood changes uh, and that was about it otherwise we basically followed the directions and my husband who does a ton of woodworking stuff was pretty impressed with them I think he thought I was just gonna like give him like some bloggers cocktail napkin notes (laughs) (laughs) surprise so he was pretty pleased yeah it was from Fias Fiasco farm (laughs) Fiasco Fiasco yes (laughs) Fiasco Farms. There will be a link to them in the show notes. Um, And I also just wanted to give people a couple of tips for if they're new to woodworking, if they wanted to look up a couple of people that we watch over here and enjoy. Um, We really like uh, David Picciuto from Make Something. We actually personally know him, so that makes it really easy (laughs) to recommend him. And April Wilkerson, she has a YouTube channel called Wilker Do's. And I really like her because she's a female woodworker, not to be like sexist or anything, but it's fun to learn from somebody who you can relate to. Yes. And I feel like that helps and that matters to me. So if you're a female and you would like to learn from another female, she's a great one to look up. And of course, Jimmy DeResta is a really well-known woodworker. If you watch any woodworking stuff, he was the woodworker that helped uh, that TV show with Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman making it. Oh. Uh, Yeah, he was the woodworker that helped the contestants with that. And he also does a podcast with David Picciuto and somebody else. I can never remember the third guy's name. Um, I'm not even going to guess because I don't want to say the wrong one. Um, But their podcast is called Making It, and it's a woodworking podcast. So since you're listening to this podcast, if you want to listen to a woodworking one, Making It is a good option. And they are not paying us to say that either. Nope. Nobody is paying us to make this episode except our sponsor, which is First Saturday Lime. Just because the weather is cold as balls doesn't mean that your animals are fully protected from nasty little bugs, mold, and ammonia. That's why we use First Saturday Lime to repel mites, lice, and fleas that may be hiding in your animal's bedding to stay warm. First Saturday Lime doesn't just keep the creepy crawlies away. It also absorbs ammonia, aids in deodorizing the enclosure, controls bacteria, moisture, and mold, and you can use it on any surface. Bedding, dirt, concrete, stone, you name it. And if that wasn't enough, First Saturday Lime is a natural, safe mineral that's safe for you, your animals, your loved ones, and our entire earth. Except all those bugs we talked about, because, you know, they're part of the earth, but the lime takes care of them for you. Bye. (laughs) And for a very limited time, you can use our coupon code DRINK to get 20% off and free shipping. So go to firstsaturdaylime.com and use code DRINK today to save. And want to learn more about lime? Check out our mini-sode with Jessica from First Saturday Lime. Drink and lime. You'll laugh, you'll learn, you'll have a good time, and if you drink along with us, you'll be a little drunky pants by the end. Yeehaw. 
So, um, apparently, goats are pretty bougie animals because they wear cashmere. I learned this when I read this really good article from Countryside Network um, about keeping goats warm in the winter. Wait, they wear more expensive coats than I do? Apparently, yes. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, they grow theirs all on their own. Ooh. So, I do want to point out that this article is great. However, we must keep in mind that the people they interviewed deal with um, temperatures around negative 40 degrees sometimes. So, this is like extreme cold conditions that they experience. Now, like you and me in the Midwest... Like, it can get down to, like, negative 10 with a wind chill. Sometimes it might be a little more um, devastating to our faces than negative 10. But very rarely is it that bad. So a lot of these people are, like, in Alaska or, like, super north. Um, Yeah, they're, like, in the interior of Alaska. Those are some hardcore temperatures. Yeah. Uh, Hashtag no thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So um, just because they're in the super extreme, um, I think we should keep this in mind for a couple of reasons. So... Um, A lot of times we see our animals get cold and we feel bad, like our chickens and our, you know, um, dogs or cows or horses or whatever. Now, obviously, you want to bring your doggos inside if they're not like Siberian Husky, Alaskan Malumets. Like some dogs are more bred for the cold than others. But things like your chickens and your goats, um, they're kind of you know, evolutionary badasses that have dealt with this for a while. So while you're not dealing with negative 40, you might think 20 degrees is too cold for them. But we're going to go over why that is not necessarily true today. Well, and if you're on the internet, the memes tell you that if they're cold, you're cold. Yeah. Or no, I said that wrong. If you're cold, they're cold. (laughs) Yes, the memes do tell us that. Um, which is kind of a bunch of bullshit when it comes to a lot of farm animals. So we've talked about keeping your chickens warm and went over the whole should I heat my coop thing in previous episodes. Um, so I just felt like since the Midwest has finally realized it's winter and Bev has snow and Sam has had uh, 15 degree days where her face hurts when she goes outside because it's so cold, this is appropriate timing. Um, so like chickens, it turns out goats do some things on their own to keep themselves warm, but we can help them out a little bit too. So this article is broken down into three buckets, um, acclimation, nutrition, and habitat. That's awesome. We could have totally broken chickens into that, those categories also. I know. Thank you Countryside Network for making this just so stupid easy for my brain to retain. I love putting things in buckets. Buckets are good. Yeah. Um, So for acclimation... To thrive, an animal must acclimate, which means when it gets cold, they got to get cold. When it gets hot, they need to get hot. Um, You might have heard some controversy over like heated barns and things like that. This is one of the reasons why um, heated barns and heated coops can cause some people to get a little upset. Goats get fluffy when it's cold. They grow a thick undercoat called cashmere. Because they're bougie and they just want to stay warm. So in order for a goat to acclimate and grow this undercoat, it must be allowed to experiencing those changing temperatures. And shivering is actually a sign of the animal acclimating. So I know I've been guilty of feeling bad when my goats shiver because it's cold outside, but it actually just means their body is doing its job. 
Now, there's always exceptions to that rule, right? Like if, it, if an animal is ill or if a goat just gave birth and the little, little kid running around is chilly, it's a little different. But in general, the shaking and shivering is a good sign. Yeah, so you take a look out in your goat pasture and you're like, does that goat look healthy? Yes. Does that goat have enough food and water? Yes. It's probably okay for it to shiver a little bit. Yes. Exactly. And a fun little observation you can actually make to see how well developed the undercoat is, is if the goat is like standing outside when it's snowing, it won't be cold. And the goat will have a little layer of snow accumulating on its back and it's not melting. And that's a good sign that the heat is trapped under the hair because the snow isn't melting. So the goatee is all warm and cozy inside its cashmere sweater um and not being affected by the elements um can my goats have a sweater that has like a cute christmas tree on it oh absolutely because that's what i want i had goats and christmas sweaters on last year's christmas card so you can absolutely do that i was just saying i wanted their cashmere sweater to grow with the christmas tree on oh it. so you don't have to fight goats to put sweaters on them exactly okay i got you i got you yeah it is a pain in the ass Um, but while we're talking about sweaters there, goats actually lift hair at the follicle to trap air and stay warm. Kind of like, you know, a hen puffs up the feathers to stay warm. Kind of the same idea, which means that while goat sweaters and chicken sweaters might be adorable for an Instagram moment, it's not necessarily the best thing for the goat to have a sweater on if that undercoat has been developed appropriately because then they can't you know lift their hair up to keep themselves warm so it's kind of counterintuitive but again always exceptions to the rule if the newborn baby goat is cold or there's an ill animal again like bev said does it look healthy is it well fed does it have water it's probably fine that's good to know yes yes but i i am not telling anybody not to dress up their goats and take instagram photos because i fully enjoy those (laughs) yes please do more of that because i have not had time yes and i would like to see more of it as we record this today on january 14th apparently it was national dress up your animal day and i dang it i missed that yeah tractor supply had it on their um instagram it's too late now i know the barn is closed the coop is closed it's dark I'm not going out there in my pajamas tonight. No, no. Maybe next year. We we can set reminders on our phone. (laughs) Add it to the calendar tonight. (laughs) Okay, so bucket number two is nutrition. So goats need proper nutrition to flaunt their cashmere and maintain the heat within their body in the cold. So obviously we want a lot of high fiber in the form of hay. Um, this provides a constant source of rumination to generate heat. Um, something to note with pregnant does, developing kids can limit their rumen capacity, making it challenging for her to consume enough feed to compensate for the kids in the cold. So does must be monitored for symptoms of ketosis, which is a light threatening metabolic condition resulting from an inability to consume enough calories. So if you're noticing that in her Um, maybe she is shivering. This is an exception to the rule where 
if she's shivering, um, you might not want to milk her if she's already had a freshening because that's just going to take extra calories, you know, away from her body, exert more energy. So I've actually read in that article um, from the people they were interviewing that sometimes they let their does dry up if it, in the very extreme cold because you don't want them to, you know, go into hypothermia and crash and get really sick or die just because you want their milk when it's negative 40 degrees outside. So yeah. if you're in extreme cold, there are some things that you'll want to consider and research. Um, but for our current weather conditions in the Midwest, you're probably not going to see that unless there, for some reason she's just not eating enough. Yeah, which is, you know, always a possibility depending on your number of goats, how many, you know, hay troughs you have, how much grain you're giving. Mm -hmm. There's so many variables that go into whether or not a goat is eating enough. So, Right. And another thing that goes along with that is water. Water is essential to rumination and without water, goats will not eat. So if they're just not eating in general, you might want to check their water supply. Make sure it's not frozen. Um, make sure that it's clean. My little goaties love their heated dog bowl because it's the warm That's water. That's what I used to. And yep. they mm. just chug it down. It's kind of incredible. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'll want to keep an eye on that. So hay and water are essential for them to stay warm. Number three is habitation. So acclimated goats with good nutrition require little habitation or shelter which is kind of surprising and makes me feel like my goats are living the high life because my goats are totally living the high life. I mean, yours got like these really nice barn stalls. Mine got like this huge barn. Um, but really the only reason they need shelter is get to get away from two things, which are wind and wetness. So wind can reduce temperature significantly, which is wind chill and it evaporates moisture in the air leading to dehydration. And then wetness compacts the insulating loft of the goat's hair, leaving them vulnerable to cold. So while goats must have protection from adverse weather, their shelter cannot be airtight or significantly warmer than the outside conditions. But you want to keep that wind out and you want to keep them dry. Yeah, that makes total sense. I keep thinking about letting my goats stay the night out in the pasture, but I haven't been brave enough to do it yet. And I probably mm-hmm. won't this winter. I'll probably wait until the spring. Um, but it turns out marching them back and forth to the barn can be kind of a pain when you've got like things to go do and errands to run. Like, <laughs> nope, gotta wait until I put the goats away or, oh, better hurry up and get this over with so I can personally escort my goats back to their bougie goat stall. <laughs> but those Instagram videos are so cute when they just like trot along. <laughs> they do. I try to explain it to people. I'm like, they'll just follow you into the barn stall. I promise you it's not a big deal. People are like, if I open your gate, I'm afraid your goats are going to run away. I'm like, nope, they're not. They know where to go. They know where food is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They are driven by their food. So another thing you'll want to consider in that shelter is their bedding. So a bedding allows them to stay warm and dry. And you can use the deep litter method in the cold winter if your barn or shed allows and has good ventilation. And this actually creates reliable heat at the base layer through decomposition, which we kind of accidentally did um, last year. It's just 
a pain in the ass to clean out when deep litter method is over because once that barn raises temperature above 40 degrees Fahrenheit, it's considered too warm and you'll want to get down at the ground level and check the ammonia levels, which means basically just get down there and huff is my approach. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can smell it. (laughs) Yes, they can smell it, but this can cause respiratory distress. So there are obviously products out there to neutralize ammonia, like our sponsor for Saturday Lime. Um, And obviously barn ventilation is big on that too. Um, So it just depends on how big your space is. Some people just let the deep litter go all winter. Some people remove the top layer off. You just want to make sure you don't disturb that base layer. I had no idea you could deep litter with goats. So I'm really glad that we're talking about this because I was thinking of doing that inside their little shed because they make mm-hmm. a big old mess with their hay. And like, <laughs> I could just let this, you know, like stay because their shed, even though it doesn't have a door, it's at least five degrees warmer in there. Oh, wow. Than it is like just standing out. I mean, part of that is because there's not a breeze and you're not out in the elements. But another part of that is because they have thrown so much perfectly good edible hay around mm-hmm. that there's a beautiful layer of it yeah. all over the thing. I'm like, oh, I don't want to throw that away. Yep. I keep inviting the chickens in to enjoy some of it, but. <laughs> yes, we actually experience the th- same thing around where we have their little hay areas, I guess we'll call them. Um, they like pull it out and it like drops out of their mouth and they just leave it. Um, so we've had the same thing. Um, and that's kind of like a free little deep litter method that you can go with. Um, but yeah, you, again, just make sure you're checking your ammonia levels and it should be fine. Another thing that you want to think about is that while they probably don't need heat an ill goat or babies might so you can use a radiant heater and that can adjust or control temperatures relatively easy they do advise against heat lamps because of a fire hazard or if the power goes out the temp will drop so rapidly that the animals won't have time to acclimate um but heat lamps usually aren't necessary. As someone states in the article, her name's Lisa. She's from Fairbanks, Alaska. She says, the coldest temp we've seen with our goats was negative 40 degrees. We brought the t- chickens into the garage, but the goats were perfectly happy where they were. They didn't want to come in. Once when it was super cold, we put a heat lamp in the barn and locked them in. They hated it. They knocked a hole in the wall so they could get out. So (laughs) goats do what they want. (laughs) Yes, they do. So they're probably just fine. But, you know, always an exception to the rule. So overall, much like chickens, goats can handle the winter weather just fine without a lot of our help other than just giving them food and water. Um, They kind of do it all on their own with their bougie little cashmere sweaters. Which is pretty cool. Goats were designed yeah. very well. They were. Isn't it funny how that works? Yeah, it really is. And, you know, it's a good reminder because I know, like, as, I mean, we're not farmers. Like, you know, we're not multiple generation farmers that have, like, lived the farm life for forever and only saw our animals as, like, purely utilitarian. So our animals are kind of like pets for us as well. Right. So hearing this stuff is really important especially for people who are newer to this like we are or people who are living on more like modern homesteads where their animals are also considered sort of like pets in addition to a source for 
income or sustenance to know that they're perfectly fine. You're not a bad goat mom if your goat shivers a little bit. You're not a bad goat mom for having your goats sleep outside. You're not a bad goat mom for not putting adorable sweaters on them. (laughs) Although you'd be a lot cooler if you did, but not a bad mom. (laughs) Yes. I recommend bandanas. They're much easier. Yeah, I like bandanas too, especially those ones that slip over their collars because then I don't even have to worry about them falling off. There you go. So it looks like we have a farm story this week. Yeah, it's my own farm story. Oh, tell us all about it. I tell a lot of my own farm stories on here. It turns out I'm kind of like Aesop's fables, but just <laughs> Bev's fables. I don't know. <laughs> no, other people will be brave enough to send in their farm stories if they hear enough of ours. So this is a good one and a tiny bit personal because you'll get to hear a little bit about my personality. <laughs> All right. Last week I was in Phoenix for work. Even though my conference got canceled, didn't matter. I was still there. Too late. So my loving husband had to take care of the kids and the animals all by himself, Mm. which is not an easy feat when your work is on fire all the time. I mean, not real fire, but you know what I mean. Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) So on Tuesday afternoon, which was not even two days after I got there, I had slept like two nights, but barely been there. Uh... He calls me, and he is super upset. Uh He had let the chickens free range, even though I told him he didn't have to because I knew it was kind of a pain to round them up if you didn't have the right grublies tools. Um, Oh, yes, yes. And he didn't know where they were. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he's like, I know you said that they didn't have to free range and that they would be fine, but it was like 60 degrees, and they just looked at me, and they looked so sad inside their chicken run, and I just had to let them out. But there's only 10, and there's supposed to be 11. I'm missing a chicken. I don't know where it went. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I'm sorry that a chicken went missing on your watch, um, but... It sounds like you're super stressed out. I can hear that you're really mad at yourself. So, like, I looked at my clock. I had to do a lot of uh, of time adjusting while I was there. <laughs> and I was like, it's almost 3.30. He's supposed to be picking up Aurora from the bus stop. So I told him, I was like, go pick up Aurora from the bus stop. You can take a break. Maybe she'll come out from wherever she's hiding while you're gone and... Uh, doing that or you know maybe we can rack our brains for like a hiding spot that she can be in but you know running around and being upset about it isn't going to change the fact that she's missing necessarily so Mm -hmm. like fresh eyes you can have you know the kids help you a little later take a break no big deal and then uh sure enough two hours later I got a text from him and it had a picture of the kids chasing a chicken out of the woods. Aww. <laughs> Maybe she was looking for the grublies. She might have been looking for the grublies, but she was definitely looking in the wrong spot because I don't store them in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really sweet because the kids had like helped. Uh, they had walked around all of the property looking for her, and Orion had just happened to see her like flash like in between trees and was like, oh, she's in the woods. And they like both ran in there and flushed her out because, of course, she's super freaked out by that point. She'd oh, been yeah. separated from her flock for like three hours, so they wouldn't let her pick her up or anything. Um, 
but yeah, he he found the chicken that was missing. Like, and I feel like we kind of did it together. The whole family was involved in it, even though I wasn't here. And that was a really good feeling for me because like if that had happened a month ago, I would have just been super snarky and rude and been like, well, I told you not to let the chickens free range. Uh-huh. Like, this is what's going to happen when I'm not there. Like, you know, stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is totally not helpful. Because, like, life can be kind of stressful because of work or because you're doing this farm stuff. And all of that stress really spills out into the way that you talk to other people. And sometimes you don't even realize that you're doing it. Right. But I've been trying really hard to, like, take stock of that and take notice of it. So when he called me like this, I took that as an opportunity to really, like, listen to what he was saying. But not only just, like, the words, but also, like, pick up verbal cues you know like in the way that his voice sounded or you know what he was telling me he had already done not Mm -hmm. trying to be unhelpful and repeat things like I just I took it as an opportunity to really like communicate clearly with him which was a good feeling for myself and I I hope was a good feeling for him I haven't had a chance to ask him because now he's not here (laughs) right (laughs) we're passing ships this month you are um, but yeah, I I wanted to share that because like I feel like that's something that maybe not we've all been guilty of, but it's certainly something I've been super guilty of. So if it's something somebody else has been guilty of, they can like think about it and maybe have a good experience like that next time they need to work with their spouse or their kids or a friend or something together on something like that. So yeah. That is awesome. And it had a good story or a a good end to the story because they found the chicken. Yeah, it totally did. But I'm going to be honest with you. I was not expecting it to have a good ending. Yeah. 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 So so after full discretion, after you got off the phone initially, after you were all Saint Bev with your um, emotionally intelligent, self-aware communication style, did you feel any of the old feelings like creep back in of like anger or snarkiness in your brain? So surprisingly enough, I didn't. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Because I feel like I would have been snarky in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think the reason why I didn't was because like I heard his stress start to go away after hearing how I had reacted. Uh, okay. So, like, I, I feel like that helped me. And it's funny. I'm not the only person who thought I would super overreact to that. It, Jared told me later when he was, like, really telling me the full story. Because, of course, I didn't get the full story in a text. I got to talk to him that night. He said that when he picked up Aurora from the bus stop and had told her that a chicken was missing, so would she please help try to find it? She was like, oh, mom's going to be super mad at you and yell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> from the mouths of babes <laughs> yeah and he was like i already told her she's not mad she understands and i mean some of that understanding is also just coming from living the life so i know yes. that for me having free-range chickens means having happy chickens so it's not going to be everybody's feeling and it's not going to be how everybody treats their farm um but that's what we've decided to do so i did feel a little guilty recommending that he lock him up for a week so i was kind of glad to hear that he had the confidence to let them out that they suckered him into it with their adorable little chicken faces <laughs> yeah exactly because it's exactly what they do um but one of the things i've been doing uh to 
work on my communication and practice my communication is I'm listening to an audiobook by Alan Alda and it's called If I Understood You Would I Have This Look on My Face? <laughs> and clearly I guess it's been helping me. I really love the title of that book. I do too cuz I my facial expressions get they could get me into a lot of trouble. <laughs> Mine could too cuz I, I I speak with my face and I speak with my body language but uh-huh. it's funny Sometimes I'm not very good at picking up on other people's social cues. So that's why I got it oh. for myself. Because I'm sometimes I get part of it might just be some of my anxiety. I'm so stuck in my own head and trying to like overcompensate for things that I have going on on the inside of myself. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking the time to read other people. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. That's awfully self-aware of you to admit that, though. <laughs> Especially on a podcast listened to by thousands of people. So now yeah. everybody knows one of yeah. my dirty secrets. I yell and I can be mean when I think I know it all. <laughs> and, well, you know, I ugly girl cried the other day in my car on the way to work from listening to an audiobook. So audiobooks are our jams and they just make us better people. So there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I mean, I was going to say something along the lines of listening to a murder podcast might eventually turn us into murderers, but that's not true. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It might not. Yeah, I don't think it will. If anything, yeah. it'll just like not help our anxiety. That is correct. <laughs> For Speaking sure. of which, that is like in two months. I know. I'm so excited. Anyways. So yeah, the meat and potatoes portion of the podcast is complete. So now we are on to dessert, maybe? Maybe this is milk and cookies now? (laughs) This can be milk and cookies. But don't turn it off or skip ahead, because this shit's important. Because who skips dessert? Sad people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've kind of been adjusting my... uh, my definition of dessert lately. So, um, like last night, I had apples and yogurt. Heyo. I mean, I don't My know. That sounds had delicious. Oreos. Yeah. Did he eat them in front of you? Oh, of course he did. No, 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 no. Let me backtrack. That was two nights ago. Last night, he he got Cold Stone ice cream, the cake batter batter. That's my favorite. I don't really like the cake batter one, but he brought like this Oreo overload one home too. And I'm like, you bastard. You know I'm on Weight Watchers. Ugh. So he ate that while I ate my apples and yogurt dip. So, but it's fine. Well, I have some good dessert for you. Coop can dates have been announced. Ooh, yeah, buddy. So those are June 7th through 9th. Bev and I will be there. And you can get your early bird tickets now for just $110. Um, That price goes up after January 30th. So you'll want to go to fadedjeans.tv slash coop-camp.html. And this will be in the show notes too. So go over there to check it out to get more details. Um, And it's a good excuse to meet other chicken people and hang out with me and Bev. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and it's a, it's just outside of Indianapolis. So because, uh, yes. you know, Location geography, <laughs> yes, geography is important. Um, but yes, but Indianapolis is a really cool city if you've never been there. Um, so you want to go check it out. Yeah. And don't forget to take our survey. There will be a link to it in the show notes, along with a link to join our Facebook group. Yay. Yes. Facebook group is still 
awesome. We're still getting a lot of engagement. But just as a note, guys, you need to fill out the questions. Um, you need to answer the questions. Otherwise, we're not going to let you in. Um, there are a few people that are sitting like in queue that just never answered the questions. So we're not sure if you're a spam bot or if you are from the Illuminati or whatever. Um, but if you're still waiting to get in, make sure you go fill those out. Yep. And in fact, I'll go through and I declined those earlier today. Oh. So, so if you aren't a bot or the Illuminati and you for reals want back in, you can just try again. <laughs> yeah. It's not because we're being jerks. It's just because we don't want spam bots in there because yes. spam ruins all groups. Yes. And Facebook is bad enough as it is without adding spam bots Ugh, to your group. So for real. There's that. Um, and you can review us in all the places pretty please. And if you really like us, hit that subscribe button. Um, all of the fun big kid advertisers look at downloads. So that is a really great way for you to support us without giving us any money at all. Um and it's kind of flattering if you do that and leave us a review. Um, so please go do that if you really like us. Yeah. And if you have like a couple of extra dollars, I was going to name a dollar amount, but then I couldn't remember how much anything costs. So I gave up on that. <laughs> um, we do sell merch. Yes. <laughs> so you can buy merch that Sam makes over at drinkandfarm.com slash shop, or you can buy some pretty cool stuff that Sam doesn't make over at drinkandfarmmerch.com. Yes. The hoodies that we got from the drinkandfarmmerch.com store, I basically live in that thing. So you guys want one. Trust me. Yeah, for sure. And on my list is uh, the uh, Spooge of Positivity Camping Cub. Oh, I, yes. I need to go get that still. Still it's on so my good. list. So good. <laughs> and don't forget to send us your farm stories. I just bared my soul and told you mine. So show me yours. Is that how that works? That so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you can remain anonymous if you would like to say so um, when you send it to us. Obviously, you won't be anonymous to us, but, you know, we won't say your name to thousands of people if you don't want us to. Yeah. Or your location or anything like that. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell us what you're okay with us saying. Um, and if you have a story from your farm you think fellow listeners could laugh at, learn from, or just warm their hearts, maybe make them ugly girl cry on the way to work, since that's a thing I do now, apparently, in 2019, um, you can send that to us via DM on Instagram. We are at Drink and Farm. Or you can email them at, to drinkandfarm at gmail.com. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah, it, it's always fun. I always have a good oh, time hanging oh, yeah. out with you, Sam. Aw, shucks. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> so drink. Farm. And, and give, give zero, zero clucks. clucks. Bye, guys. Kind of... <laughs> huh? <laughs> what? I feel like we didn't say it at the same time, and we've been really good at saying it at the same time. Maybe it's because I'm just plugged into the mic now. Oh, uh, do you want to try it again? I mean, I can edit yeah, it just so in that case. it sounds like we're saying it at the same time. <laughs> let's let's do it again just in case. Okay. So drink. Farm. And, and give zero books. <laughs> <laughs> one of those will work. <laughs> okay, if it doesn't, then oh well. Use one from a previous show. <laughs> there we go. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha.